Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. Today I'm going to share some thoughts on what prayer is. There is some mystery about prayer, and this is partly because there is some mystery about God. While he has revealed himself to us as the incarnate Lord, Jesus Christ, we still see dimly as through clouded glass. Yet we are told to pray, told some things about how to pray and what attitude to have in prayer, and given examples of praying. In reading through Matthew this time around, I was particularly intrigued to think about this more based on the several references in what Matthew wrote. So I went back and reviewed all of the sections that mentioned praying or asking in faith, and I also read other scriptures about prayer and a few commentaries on various scriptures. Let me begin by going over what I think are common questions about praying. At least I've heard them asked quite a few times, and I know that I have wondered about them. One, is it better to pray out loud? Two, is your bodily position or location important? Three, what can or should you pray for? Four, how do you approach God? In framing this question, I was thinking about first words or how you close the prayer, that sort of thing. Fifth, how is faith involved? Sixth, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Seventh, should you pray in public? And eight, what about prayer being answered? Before I discuss certain scripture, let me reiterate that as someone born again and given the gift of the Holy Spirit, as all believers are, reading the whole Bible will give you a well-rounded understanding of prayer, even without studying commentaries or investigating original languages. You will probably still have some questions because everyone does, but you will have a good sense of the basics and be ready to just pray. What is important to remember is that our questions or lack of immediate ability to absolutely understand it all is a reflection of our misconceptions, our preconceptions, misdirection from other sources, or our limited perspective. Jesus gave many teachings that had to do with prayer and told the disciples things to teach us to help us with all of that. So we can grow in our understanding and application of what God means for prayer to be in our lives. Here is a summary of the things from the book of Matthew about prayer. In chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus said to pray for those who spitefully use you. In chapter 6, he teaches to not pray as the hypocrites who are trying to get attention from others for being outwardly righteous, but to pray to your Father who is in the secret place. He also mentions in verse 7 of chapter 6 to not pray with vain repetitions. And then in verse 9, he says, pray in this manner. And then you have the famous outline that is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Then in chapter 9, verse 39, he talks about praying for laborers for the harvest. And just in case somebody gets confused, he's talking about laborers to harvest in those who will believe. 
In chapter 14, verse 23, he goes by himself to pray. In chapter 17, verse 21, he talks about the need for prayer and fasting to throw out certain demons. In chapter 18, he talks about two people agreeing and asking together for things. And then in chapter 19, the children come to him and he lays his hands on them to pray. In chapter 21, he says his house shall be called a house of prayer. And then we have the instance where the fig tree withers and he gives the disciple the lesson where if they ask in prayer, believing they can move mountains. Then in chapter 24, which is his answer to the disciples about when what will be the signs of him coming again, he talks about praying that the flight from Judea not be in winter. In chapter 26, Jesus prays very sorrowfully, and in um, that's in verse 36. And then in verse 41, he says, watch and pray lest you enter temptation. And then in verse 53, when he's being arrested, he points out that he could pray for 12 legion of angels. These are only the more obvious references to prayer where that word is used and doesn't cover things like when he broke the bread and um, passed it out to the 4,000 and the 5,000 or all the different times when he healed. But this list of verses in Matthew addresses some of the questions that I listed. For instance, we are not supposed to pray self-righteously in public. However, Jesus, even Jesus, sometimes wanted others to pray with him. Plus, he prayed publicly for the children. So we don't always need to be secretive about praying, but we need to be very careful about our attitude when we're praying in public. As far as bodily position, there are no guidelines given. Just examples like the bad example of standing to draw attention, and then the example of Jesus falling on his face in Gethsemane when he was praying so sorrowfully. I find that I can pray longest when I'm sitting in a quiet place. When I try to kneel, I'm distracted by constantly needing to adjust my position because my legs are going to sleep. I do often pray when laying down for sleep, but those prayer times tend to soon lead to peaceful sleep. Sometimes I pray while running or walking or doing chores, but those don't work as well for a dedicated prayer time because I do have to think about other things. The example of the hypocrites mentions the ostentatious praying out loud, but doesn't say anything about this when praying in secret. And there are examples of Jesus praying out loud so that others would know that God was answering him. There are scriptures saying God knows our thoughts before we think them, so it seems very reasonable that praying in our own minds is acceptable to our Heavenly Father. Still, I try to pray out loud, however softly, many times because it helps me stay on track and form more coherent thoughts. Answering the question of what we should or can pray for or about is tied up with what in faith and in the Spirit mean. At first, this may seem overly mystical or complicated, but after some evaluation, I think you will find it clarifies and simplifies. Let's get specific first about what the words pray or prayer mean. I wrote about this in a Religious Vocabulary Word of the Day blog post several years ago. The word pray used to be used as a common word meaning to ask or beseech. You might have used it addressing a king, or you might have used it just requesting something from a family member. 
But in the Bible, like the words faith, prayer is almost always mentioned in a way that indicates it is being directed to God. To pray to God, our Heavenly Father, we have to acknowledge who He is. Otherwise, why bother praying to Him? Do you ask such things of anyone else? By praying, you concede that only He can do what you ask. Otherwise, why ask? Then, to pray in Jesus' name is to humbly plead by what right we can come before Him. And it's not by any right that we have. It is by the forgiveness that we have been granted by the blood of Jesus on the cross. When you know that God is both the Almighty Alpha and Omega and the God who loves you enough to die for you, it tends to put prayer in perspective. You come before Him with a humble confidence. You know He hears you and can order all according to His will, but that He also delights to give His children good gifts. The rub comes when we children don't always get what we ask for. There are several things to take into consideration when wondering about answers to prayer. There are seemingly overt claims, like in Matthew 21 about moving mountains, and in James 5.14, where it seems to say if we just pray, sick people will get well, that can leave people feeling condemned because they don't have enough faith. But what if faith means you know God can do it if it's best? After all, even Jesus prayed, if possible, take this cup, but your will be done and not mine, when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And James also talks about praying with wrong motives. I think this is where praying in the Spirit helps us both understand and apply prayer. We know that every believer is given the Holy Spirit as a comforter and guide. And we also know that James chapter 1, verses 5 through 6 says that we can get wisdom. That is a prayer that God will always grant if we trust Him. When we come to pray with a heart for the things of God, our prayers will reflect this. When we come as encouraged in Philippians 4, 6, letting Him know what we are anxious about, the Spirit will help us pray with a right attitude and many times give us words to pray in unexpected ways. This doesn't mean we can't pray for things important to us or that we'd like, but coming in the attitude of praying with the Spirit He has given us and having the faith in Him will give us a better perspective. Did you know that everyone in the New Testament church who was healed of sickness is now dead? Did you know that two Christians might be praying for exactly opposite things? Just asking those two questions can give you some insight into the nature of prayer and help you avoid the mistake of treating God as a genie in the bottle. I wanted to give you a couple of examples, too. Consider, for instance, it could be something as mundane as a farmer praying for rain for his crops, while, on the other hand, someone else is praying for sunny skies so their house can get built. And I also have a friend whose husband used to pray out loud during their prayer time for an angelic visit while she was sitting there fervently and wordlessly praying beside him that it not be so. Then there is the twist of out-of-the-blue blessings that I had never dreamed of, or particular and obvious signs to comfort when we hadn't asked for them. Sometimes God just surprises us, but the Bible makes it pretty clear that God wants us to pray. 
He wants to be able to show that he answers or works through our prayers. Along those lines, we need to remember what is emphasized in Ephesians 6 and in Daniel. Prayer is often about spiritual warfare. It is a way God has set up to deal with the world's rulers of the darkness of this age and the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So we might not know some of those answers until the new heavens and the new earth. When we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, as spoken of in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, we will have life and peace in this world while we represent him as the church and proclaim the hope available to anyone who will repent and follow Christ. We may be disappointed when our prayers are not obviously or quickly answered, but we have abundant reason to know he both loves us and hears us. Combine this with the biblical admonitions to pray, and we can pray with patient faith, knowing that our fuzzy understanding or perception doesn't negate his word. He is faithful. He is our comfort in times of discouragement or hardship. He is our hope beyond all the trouble of this fallen world. Let us continue to pray to our Heavenly Father because He has called Himself our Father and He is the source of all that is lovely and true. Why would we not want to regularly meet with such a one as Him? That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 